1: You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team your team every day, every, day, every, day, every day. All right, it is another episode of the Locked On Redskins podcast, and what do you know, we're back from Thanksgiving weekend, and the Redskins have a second consecutive win. How about that? Huh? You guys love that, don't you? Uh, maybe you don't. <laughs> because it kind of ruins their um, their mission, if you will, to get the highest possible draft pick that they can get uh, and as well potentially get rid of Bruce Allen from running the football operations that he has for so, so long. Either way, good to have you with us. I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving uh, weekend. Uh, I didn't do any new podcasts after Crossover Wednesday just because I figured everybody was off of work uh, and because there wasn't really anything earth-shattering going on, uh, and I had the Google updates and I had talk shows all over the place and columns to write uh, for SI.com uh, and you know all sorts of things going on. So I apologize, it's been a couple of days since we've been back with you in this format, but... As always, you can follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania 621. I'm always working. I'm always talking about something. I'm always doing something. As well, you can follow the podcast and all sorts of links and information and video clips and all that good stuff at Locked Redskins. At Locked Redskins is how you do that. Uh, And as well, as well, you can go to 1067 The Fan in the Washington, D.C. area. Listen to me there. Radio.com app or on your browser worldwide, anywhere you might be. You can uh, listen that way. As well, si.com slash NFL. As well, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins is great. Just we keep pounding away and pumping content out left and right all hours of the day five, six articles a day, video, all sorts of things. So join me on my new venture, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins. Rick Snyder, longtime veteran journalist, uh, and I tag team along with uh, Ivan Lambert, who's a writer down in Lakeland, Florida, uh, who contributes a column a week, and Brian Manning, uh, who is from the Southern Virginia Blacksburg area, uh, who does a lot of Virginia Tech coverage, also some Redskins coverage, and he's joined us for some Redskins coverage as well. Uh, so I certainly hope you guys go check us out in that regard. Um, so, a couple of things that we wanted to get to right away. The Redskins do win on Sunday afternoon in Carolina. And some, and I, to be fair, I asked this question on my radio show. After the game, my postgame show, Washington Game Day Uncensored, whether this is a good win or a bad win. And I think it's a good win, even though any win strengthens the resolve and the potential argument that Bruce Allen can make to keep his job. Um, I still think he's going to retire at the end of the year. Um, I'm not going to change that. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe he'll get fired. Maybe he won't. I don't know. Certainly, it helps his cause to win games if he wants to stay. And I assume he does, but I don't know if he does. I don't know Bruce well enough to say he definitely wants to stay and continue to be a divisive force in what the Redskins are trying to do. And that's win football games. And Bruce has proven over the course of a long, 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 long time here in Washington, almost 10 years, that he cannot win enough football games as the top man in charge. He just cannot. Period. That's the bottom line truth. That's fact. That's not fiction. I still think if Bruce truly cares about the fan base, truly cares about the Redskins, he will retire. And many people will refer to that as firing, mutually parting ways. I think they're... You know, there is a difference, however slight it might be. I don't think he'll be fired. I don't think you'll see that. Uh, I don't even think there'll be a, quote-unquote, mutual parting of the ways. Uh, Mike Garofolo said on NFL Network Saturday morning, it set the Redskin community, a buzz, oh, you know, for the first time, serious consideration, da 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 Listen, for the first time, that's a stretch. I mean, I've been hearing for almost two years now since April, late March, early April of 2018, that Bruce was in some level of trouble of losing his role as president and GM. Maybe it would be a reassignment. I had made it clear I was told that Bruce would never be fired. Bruce would never be fired doesn't mean that Bruce would never resign or Bruce would never retire. So I think you have that working for you in that, uh, I guess, landscape as well. The Washington Redskins keep winning games, which is inconvenient to some. They still have the number 3 overall draft pick. They were sitting at number 4 going into today. They're now at pick number 3. So they won a game and they improved their draft position. However, the problem is is again it further strengthens potentially Bruce Allen's argument. Let's go through today's game or Sunday's game and Figure out how the Redskins won a game in Carolina against a desperate Panthers team that had lost three in a row, that was five and six, that was at home, that was better than the Lions last week, and yet the Redskins had a more impressive victory 29 21 over the Carolina Panthers, setting up a victory Monday for the players on Monday at Redskins Park. So we'll talk to Bill Callahan at three o'clock Eastern time, but that's about it. Dwayne Haskins was 13 of 25 for a buck 47. He was sacked five times. That continues to be a problem. Red zone passing offense continues to be a major problem. Third down continues to be a major problem. The Redskins' passing game continues to be a major problem. Again, 13 of 25 is not good. He had a couple of drops. Uh, There were a couple of balls that certainly sailed on him. Listen, Dwayne Haskins is doing okay. He's running the offense, it's not a bleep show. Uh, He gets sacked and he hurries and he jumps and he anticipates a little bit too much. I think he lacks more touch than accuracy. I think there is a difference. I think he's just trying to zip balls into a a hot spot and maybe puts a little too much mustard on it, a little too much velo, and sails it a little bit. I think there's a difference between accuracy, which I kind of look at more east and west. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but I think touch, eh, maybe more north and south. Uh, but if a quarterback is high, as he consistently is, I think I look at that more as touch more than accuracy. But maybe it's splitting hairs. Either way, Dwayne Haskins wasn't good enough, certainly wasn't good enough. But he avoided disaster. And that's important, too. Remember that bad interception he had midway through the fourth quarter last week against Detroit? That kind of got pushed aside because they won. Just like the 147 today will get pushed aside, just like the five sacks. But he's got to play better. He's got to be better in those areas because the Redskins, in order for them to really have a chance to be good, not mopping up the season good, Really good when it matters, crunch time, critical times, early in the season, midway through the season, not to be 0-5, not to be 1-9. He's got to be better than 13 of 125, 147, and a meager quarterback rate. We all know that, I think, right? I think we all know that. How about the run game, which was awesome? Now, the Carolina Panthers had allowed, I think it was 128 rushing yards per game, this year, and they had really kind of struggled the last couple of weeks with K1 Short out. Darius Geis, he exceeded the Carolina Panthers allowed per game average by himself on 10 carries. 10 for 129, a long of 60, two one-yard touchdown runs. Adrian Peterson, 13 of 99, a touchdown with four minutes and change left to go, a long of 22. That came from the shadow of his own end zone. Had a couple of big first-down runs. When you combine Haskins, six yards, Thompson, 14, seven carries, 20 yards for those two guys, 23 carries, and 228 yards for the top two guys. Pretty big difference there, right? As a result, the Redskins did not pass the football very well. We told you Haskins number, Kelvin Harmon, three catches, 51 yards, long of 26 on five targets. Uh, I continue to be impressed by him. He almost had a circus reel in one-handed grab in the back uh, part of the end zone. That would have been a spectacular catch. Jeremy Sprinkle, not bad, 2 for 36. Uh, didn't quite get his hands on that two-point conversion uh, there uh, after the first Geis one-yard touchdown run, uh, but certainly not his fault. A long of 23 for Jeremy Sprinkle. He continues to show a little sign of life. Stephen Sims Jr., three catches, 29 yards on four targets along of fourteen. Chris Thompson, one catch, fifteen yards in his return to the lineup on two targets. Terry McLaren, only two for eight. Two for eight on a long of eleven. So he took a loss on the other one. Geis, two for eight. Adrian Peterson, Trey Quinn, who got hurt, and Henches, the tight end, nothings across the board. The Redskins only had 13 catches on 25 targets 13 on 25 you know that's not enough you need more in the passing game not in today's nfl you need more in the passing game when we come back we'll take a look at the defense which was outstanding but we'll fill in the but for you after that as well we'll hear from bill callahan next on the locked on redskins podcast
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, this is the Locked On Redskins podcast. So let's start you off with the defense. Landon Collins led the Redskins with 11. I'm sorry, with eight total tackles. Eight total tackles. Three solo and a tackle for loss. John Bostic, seven total tackles, knifed in on one, showing great athleticism and speed. Ryan Anderson, who was ejected from this game for a personal foul, helmet-to-helmet hit on Greg Olson. He should have been ejected. It was helmet-to-helmet. You just can't do it. They're going to have to enforce this more and more than ever because guys still are not learning. Six, uh, six t- tackles in half a game, roughly, a little more than half a game, Uh, Two solo and a tackle for loss. Quentin Dunbar had a big, 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 big pass breakup along the back boundary of the end zone late on that final Carolina drive. Five tackles, four solo, and a tackle for loss for Quentin Dunbar. And, again, a big pass breakup that almost was a game-ending interception. Monte Nicholson, five tackles, four solo. How about Chris Odom? Two sacks, four tackles, just signed to the active squad on Saturday – He had the final sack. He had another one in the fourth quarter, but the final sack on the final play of the game, a fourth and goal from the three-yard line in which Kyle Allen was flushed out. Now, Kyle Allen did have a wide-open receiver. He didn't see him. He missed him. So the bottom line is is the Redskins were able to get the sack flushing. Kyle Allen all the way back, and Odom zeroed in. And again, two sacks. The guy was just promoted to the 53-man roster on Saturday because the Redskins were so short. Another guy who was signed just this week, Nate Odom, uh, Nate Orchard. I'm combining the two O's. Nate Orchard, four tackles, one sack, two for loss, had a big run stop late inside the five-yard line, chased Kyle Allen all day. Nate Orchard and Chris Odom combined for eight tackles, three sacks, and three tackles, of course, for loss. That's with Ryan Kerrigan out, Montez Sweat got hurt, and Ryan Anderson got ejected. Colt Holcomb, a Cole Holcomb, six tackles, and one for a loss. Jimmy Moreland, four tackles. Matt Ioannidis, two sacks, three tackles. Montez Sweat, before he got hurt, was having his best game as a pro, one and a half sacks and three tackles. Fabian Moreau had a key interception that happened at the Houston, at the Charlotte, At the Carolina, let me say that again, 11-yard line, returned all the way to the one, boom, next play, Darius Geis in, touchdown Redskins, and they were down 14-12. That got them right back in the game. And he almost had another interception. Deron Payne, back in the lineup, three tackles, took a bad personal foul on the first play of the game. And that was pretty much it from the notables. Jonathan Allen had a half a sack for the Redskins, who had seven total sacks on the day seven total sacks, and 10 for loss. And again, the Fabian Moreau interception could have had two. It was initially ruled two. Now, Stephen Sims Jr. did get into the punt return game after Trey Quinn was knocked out, two for five. Sims, three for 12. So I think you'll probably see that moving forward, although I would still be a little concerned with his hands at this point. Punts much, much, much more difficult to handle than kickoffs. Dustin Hopkins, three of four, missed a field goal at the end. It was uh, At the end of the first half, it was actually blocked. Two for two on extra points, so he continues to be very reliable. Tressway, five punts, 290 total yards, one touchback, two inside the 20, a long punt of 79 yards. So the Redskins win. The Redskins win on Sunday in Carolina. Real quickly, some team stats for you. They were 3 of 11 on third down on offense, but the good news is Carolina was 5 of 16, and that was after carving up the Redskins' defense on the first two drives. The Redskins' defense basically looked completely unprepared and then completely different for the rest of the game outside of the one Kyle Allen run for a touchdown late, which came like two plays after the thought to be Fabian Moreau's second uh, interception. The Redskins... Outgained the Carolina Panthers 362 to 278, and the Panthers ran 13 more plays. 13. Including converting on fourth down, one of two. They had 100 more passing yards, did Carolina, than the Washington Redskins. But again, rushing 248 to 65. That's an 8 3 average compared to 3 3. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And time of possession. Eh, for all that rushing, 30 minutes and 37 seconds, 29-23. For the Houston, ugh, I keep calling them the Houston Texans because I'm as I record this, I'm watching the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Sorry about that. For the Carolina Panthers, 29-23. All right, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from Bill Callahan, the interim head coach of the Washington redskins but first let me tell you guys about away away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world for 20 dollars off a suitcase visit away travel.com locked on and use the promo code locked on during checkout listening on the go if you can't visit away right now you can find this and all other offers from locked on sponsors at locked on slash offers
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, we're back right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. Guys, treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order, $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Hey, if you're listening on the go, don't fear. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, download the app. You can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Let's wrap up this edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast by hearing from interim head coach Bill Callahan in Charlotte moments after the Redskins' 29-21 win over the Carolina Panthers to win their second game in a row. Do you think they're really deficit kind of played into um,
2: what you were going to do mm-hmm. at that point? I think, um, you know, we, we didn't start as fast as we wanted to. I thought that uh, we, we got behind the eight ball a little bit from the, from the perspective of... Of not, uh, you know, not giving up the long drive on the first drive of the game, uh, and then going three and out. We just, we just weren't clicking early, and then I thought our defense made really good adjustments, stopped one of the top rushers in the game. But our tight ends blocked extremely well. Brian Angelico has done a really good job, you know, being two tight ends down. And then, of course, you know, playing with, you know, with Hal and and uh, uh, Sprinkle, I think he's done really good. And then, of course, we used the jumbo quite a bit today with with Berksrum, And our receivers blocked well. You know, I think you saw Harmon come in there a few times and insert up on their safeties. So uh, yeah, it was a really a good group effort all all throughout the running game. You know, no doubt about it. So uh, yeah, we're real pleased. Uh, Real happy about that. Just like the way the guys fought, you know, for four quarters today.
1: Bill Dwayne seemed to take another step forward today. What it out about his
2: play? I'm sorry. One more time.
1: Dwayne, what stood out about his play to you today? What caught your eye? Seemed
2: like he took. Yeah, I thought he managed the game real well. Uh, you know, I, I thought that he made some big plays. You know, that were ad libbed on the move. Also, a couple plays. I think he'd love to have back. I think it was another learning experience against one of the top rushers in the game, top pass rushers and pass rushing units uh, in the game. And uh, to manage that aspect, to make the escapes that he did, to come up with the plays that he did, I thought you know was was huge. Especially made a couple third down plays that I thought were really big. yeah, just the overall management, you know, and not, you know, obviously making smart decisions, good decisions. I think he'll learn, you know, from the good and the bad, but uh, I like the way he played on the road. It's a hard place to come into play. Uh, this franchise hasn't won here since 98, I believe. So to come down here and, and come away with a win uh, uh, speaks volumes for our team. Uh, Coach, uh, obviously you had your message to the team last week that you wouldn't tell us what
0: it was, but... The young guys—they seem to respond, and it seems like they're the guys that are actually leading the team now. Adrian had a big day today as well, but Darius and obviously Dwayne—a lot of the young guys—seem like they're the they're the leaders of the team now.
2: What are your thoughts? Well, I that? think we we got good veteran leadership, and I think with any team, anyone can lead. You know, you, the way you come in every day to the building, how you prepare, how you practice—you know, how you support each other. Uh, I've mentioned that many times to the team. It's just not one guy, and it's just not one player with a C on his it. chest. Anybody can lead, and that's the the beauty of leadership. And uh, we're getting a lot out of that from our young players as well as our veteran players. So I think there's a good blend, there's a good mesh of that, you know, throughout the team. So what did you see first on the uh, onside kick, and then after that too? Just in those last frantic few minutes, the ability to hold yeah. on. And- yeah, I was concerned, you know, the, uh, on the onside kick because we had a, a misassignment up front. And we let the, uh, the the player make the reception on that play, and uh, yeah, that was that was a little bit concerning. But uh, you know, there was a you know we had a lot of guys that were juggling in and out of the lineup, guys that been injured that we're trying to replace. So uh, you know, backups got to step up and. Uh, you know, we just didn't have the blocking assignment accomplished on that play the way we wanted to. But also, also
0: the
2: holding on at the end too. Yeah, yeah I thought uh, our defense played well. I mean, they they went all the way down the field, and that series down at the down in the red zone, tight red zone there. Uh, While well, took four downs, we took it all the way down to the fourth down position, and to make those types of stops and back them up and make the tackle for losses and then the the concluding sack of the game. I uh, couldn't be more proud of what Greg did with the unit and how they came back and in the second half and played hard with good resolve. I mean, I mean those guys, they, they played hard. And we had a lot of contributions. Uh, you know, we had contributions from two guys that weren't even here last week. You know, one was on the practice squad and the other fellow was on the street, Nate Orchard. So Chris Odom and Nate Orchard both contributed, uh, I think, to three or three-and-a-half sacks uh, in this game. So it was good to see them come in and, and give us some production with, uh, with Ryan Kerrigan being out.
0: Bill, what did you make of the hit on Trey Quinn and then the ejection call on Ryan Anderson later in the game?
2: Yeah, the only explanation I wanted was just, that, you know, I, I, there were spatial hits, and they, they come from distance. So any type of spatial hit from a distance um, was the, against us was, a, was an ejection, and the other one wasn't. So I just wanted to know how they viewed the difference between the two. And uh, obviously there was a clear difference. So I'll, I'll find out a little bit more, you know, as we submit our report to, to the officials uh, tomorrow more the what did change from those first two drives where they marched they at 150 yards in those first two drives mm-hmm. i think midway through the third quarter
0: they had gotten 14 since what adjustments did you guys make
2: i think the coverage is we got adjusted well i thought that uh, the pressure you know the pressure plan that greg exhibited was even better uh, and, and then you know finding a rhythm you know in coverage to the shutdown the the past concepts i thought was excellent uh so I, I just think, you know, the, the pressure, the pressure looks, the, the types of pressures we came with, and then the consistent rush that we have gotten. And then, of course, I thought we buckled down in the running game, you know, to limit, you know, 22 to, to 44 yards, I think, for the day. That's that's really, really, really a good job all the way around. So I thought we had a good plan. Uh, I talked to the team last night about the plan that we had in all three phases. I felt really, really good about it. And, and we had a good week of practice. So I was glad to see that the practice preparation carried over into the game day reality. Last one. Coach, can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned before, um, the new guys in the pass
0: rush. Uh, you know, kind of assess how that played into you being able to, to kind of limit them in the after the first couple of drives.
2: Yeah, so, you know, we Matt, United is John Jonathan Allen, uh, you know, Sweat. Uh, all those guys settle. all those guys kept consistent pressure. You know, a lot of times it's not the, the, the player that gets the sack, but it's the, the complementary player that creates the push or the disruption that creates the force out on the queue that sets up the sack. So we had a lot of, of complementary play across the board. I just thought we had good, consistent pressure on the quarterback uh, that allowed us to make those types of plays.
0: All right, and that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. We'll have more coverage, of course, throughout the week. We'll be on a more normal schedule this week without Thanksgiving. Thanks for being with us either way. Sorry for calling the Carolina Panthers the Houston Texans a couple of times. Uh, the Redskins beat the Carolina Panthers 29-21. A great rushing effort, a great physical downhill game, despite being down 14 to nothing, and it was looking ugly The Redskins win 29-21, essentially a goal-line stand at the end to deny the Carolina Panthers the opportunity to tie up the game with a touchdown and a two-point conversion. They win by eight. They're now 3-9. and They head to the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, who beat the New York Giants on Sunday in the snow at MetLife Stadium, Lambeau Field will be the site next Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern time for the 3-9 and Redskins visiting the Green Bay Packers and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. That's going to do it for us. Have a great start to your week right here on a Victory Monday on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Adios.